I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells, too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually my drink was give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam! I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, 
I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. It's Cinco de Mayo, everybody. It's going to be a fun night, no matter which way you slice it, even though we're talking about America's communists tonight. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the censorship of the president of the United States of America and why it's a very big deal no matter which side of the aisle you're on. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Olay! And happy Cinco de Mayo to every single person out there. If you come across Cinco de Mayo, and you don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo, you are cheating yourself out of one of the funnest holidays in the United States of America. So go out there tonight, have a big old fat taco, or a taco bowl, as the President of the United States did. Have a margarita, jam out to some mariachi music, and wear the biggest sombrero you can find. Now, that's the good news. The bad news is this. America's communists are no different than communists have always been. You've heard me say that a thousand times, right? And, I, and I'm, I'm going to go over tonight what happened with Facebook and the latest update and whatnot. But I want you to understand something. Uh, while I am going to give you the details of what happened and what's, what's the future like and all these other things, all those things are just details. What you need to understand is this. And this gets really, really hard to not understand. If I can understand that, anybody can. It gets really hard to accept. This is the truth. Not yesterday's Democratic Party, not JFK's, not even Bill Clinton's, but today's, the Democratic Party. They don't think you should be allowed to even really exist. I'm not, I'm not saying they, they want you dead. Some of them do. I'm not saying they want you dead. I, I wouldn't say something like that. But I'm also not saying they'd care if you died either. They definitely don't think you should be allowed to talk. Most of them don't think you should be employed gainfully at all. You are, in their eyes, evil. That's hard for a human to accept, especially when you don't walk around thinking about other people that way, especially not using general, general terms, right? You may walk around and maybe you read a story on your phone about this uh, a child molester or something like that, and you think to yourself, okay, that person's evil. Okay, I'm not arguing with you there. But those general things of, wait, Everyone over there is evil and deserves to be silenced? That's crazy. That, you would think that's crazy. But you, you have to understand that is how they think. They think you're evil. All that stuff over the last four years of Nazi, 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 that's a white supremacist. He's a Nazi. He's not. They weren't just saying that. And it wasn't one or two people. Remember, how many times have I played you that supercut on this show where all of them are saying that from from the highest level politicians, Nancy Pelosi on down, a white supremacist Nazi, white supremacist Nazi. That's what they think you are. I know that's crazy. But they called you that for a reason. They also, uh, on top of them thinking that, they've convinced the masses to think that. Remember we showed you that poll about the number one issue for the average Democratic voter is combating 
white supremacy? Wait, what? White supremacy? What? That's insane. That so white supremacy doesn't even exist in any real organized fashion in this country. Yet they think it's the number one issue because they think that's what you are. And let me ask you something. We've had this talk before. We'll have it again. What would your conscience, you have one, I don't, my mind's long gone, I'm a soulless monster, but you have a conscience, some sort of guidance that tells you right and wrong, and when you're, you got your hand in the cookie jar, deep down your conscience is saying, no, that's wrong, can't do that, don't do that. What would your conscience allow you to do if you had a Nazi in front of you? Okay, maybe not. Maybe maybe sitting in front of you, maybe, maybe you're just on equal footing. Maybe you wouldn't do anything. You'd probably dislike him. Go home, tell your friends, I met a Nazi. What would your conscience allow you to do if you knew you wouldn't get in any trouble if you hurt him? What would your conscience allow you to do if there was a Nazi in front of you and he was tied up and blindfolded and gagged and silenced and couldn't beg you for mercy and you knew you wouldn't get in any trouble if you hurt him. What if that was Adolf Hitler right there tied up? It's a crazy scenario to bring up, right? Sound like a nutball right now? Well, if I sound crazy to you, then you don't realize how they think about you. That's what they think about you. And as far as the not getting in trouble thing goes, look around you. That's what happens when you allow one party to take over every single cultural institution you have, including the Justice Department. You see, they're kicking in Rudy Giuliani's door. The FBI, not a single person is going to see one single day in jail for lying to get a warrant to spy on an American citizen. That's just the federal system. I could show you state after state, city after city, a city after city where Republicans, anyone on the right is prosecuted to the max. If you're on the left, ah, that's okay. You probably didn't mean it. Get right out there, champ. Go loot some more. The system's against you. The system thinks you're a Nazi. And so when we talk about this Facebook stuff, which I'm going to get to here in a second, yeah, I'm going to give you the details and I'll read you the statements and all that. But I want you to understand, when they're going through all this legal speak, and, well, we, we, have to, we have to be more clear about our motives in the future, and it, all that's just legal talk. The truth is, big tech is part of the system, and the people who control the main means of, of communication now in the United States of America, it would be like uh, controlling the phone lines in 1960. The people who control the means of communication now, they think you're a Nazi, too. Now, if you had a telephone and you had the power over all telephones and you knew this Nazi was talking to his fellow Nazi friend about doing some terrible Nazi stuff and you had the power of the telephone, do you think you would reach over and turn their phone off? Oh, yeah, you would. That's how they think about you. That's tough. That's a bitter pill to swallow, right? That that's how the, your fellow Americans think about you? But it is. All right, so we all remember post-election, post-January 6th, Facebook decided to permanently ban Donald Trump. Just a quick rewind on this. Remember, remember, Donald Trump was never supposed to win his election against Hillary Clinton. He's this bombastic, brash guy. He's insulting everybody. Hillary Clinton is the savior, secretary of state. 
Senator Hillary Clinton, she's a Clinton, my word, she's got this in the bag. There's no way that that jerk's going to beat her. And then he did it. And what happened? You remember, we covered it on the show. Big tech, all the heads of the big tech companies, they all met to discuss how they could make sure that never happened again. And then they spent the next four years collaborating with each other to make sure it wouldn't happen again. And then post-January 6th, they thought they had their perfect excuse. Drop the hammer on him and let's get, our, get rid of this cancer forever. Well, of course, they had an oversight group run by Facebook looking into this whole thing. And they decided the permanent ban is going to stay. This is their statement. It's kind of long. Hang with me. The board has upheld Facebook's decision on January 7, 2021, to restrict then-President Donald Trump's access to posting content on his Facebook page and Instagram account. However, it was not appropriate for Facebook to in impose the indeterminate and standardless penalty of indefinite suspension. Facebook's normal penalties include removing the violating content, imposing a time-bound period of suspension, or permanently disabling the page and account. The board insists that Facebook review this matter to determine the, and justify a proportionate response that is consistent with the rules that are applied to other users of this platform. Facebook must complete its review of this matter within six months of the date of this decision. The board also made a policy recommendations for Facebook and to implement in developing clear, necessary, and proportionate policies that promote public safety and respect the freedom of expression. The best part of that one, really, really, the best part of that one is this. This is the best part. Total communist. Facebook must complete its review of this matter within six months of this day. Oh, absolutely. You can't do that. You better look at what you've done. I expect an answer a half a year from now. You know how that works. They'll wait six months, hope Donald Trump's out of sight, out of mind, and just keep up the permanent ban anyway. As, as for the promote public safety, they want policies that promote public safety. Again, I will come back to my original point, one you have to accept. Do you think it would be good for the public safety to have Nazis meeting and talking to each other in mass, thousands of them? No, you don't think that. Well, that's what they think about you. That MAGA hat in your yard, or MAGA flag in your yard, the USA pin you wear on your suit, your thoughts on illegal immigration, they think that makes you a Nazi. Donald Trump had his own statement, as you can imagine. What Facebook, Trump, and Google have done is a total disgrace and an embarrassment to our country. Free speech has been taken away from the President of the United States because the radical left lunatics are afraid of the truth but the truth will come out anyway, bigger and stronger than ever before. The people of our country will not stand for it. These corrupt social media companies must pay a political price and must never again be allowed to destroy and decimate our electoral process. Well, Donald Trump has since announced, and he's, he's, this has been in the works for a while, that he's going to start his own social media company. And, you know, I'll play you his hype video for it, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Consign him and those who supported him in the Senate to the trash of history. Twitter permanently banning the commander-in-chief's personal account with 88 million followers.
All right, what do I think about it? I, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I mean, don't get me wrong. Because it's Donald Trump, it'll, atta- it'll attract plenty, millions of users. But here's what I mean by not going to work. All this does, all it does is increase the speed of the balkanization of our country. And I, look, which I think is inevitable anyway. Frank, frankly, I think it's good. I've been telling you to balkanize. But all it does is increase that speed. So let's say you and me and everybody else, we just bail on Twitter and we run to Donald Trump's. So now it's just a bunch of communists on Twitter talking to each other, and it's just a bunch of freedom-loving people on Donald Trump's new blog talking to each other. I, I don't know that that changes anything. How does that change our situation? It won't bring down the co- competition. It'll simply divide and conquer everything up, divide everything up. So, look, Twitter's not going to allow Donald Trump back either. Donald Trump was the chaos agent the system always feared, and the chaos agent the system didn't see coming. Understand this. I want you to understand before I go on to, to what uh, Ron DeSantis, you know, him, YouTube yanked Ron DeSantis' stuff. There's a headline, YouTube pulls Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' coronavirus roundtable video. So they'll pull anything. It doesn't have to do with Trump. But understand this, when it comes to Donald Trump, and frankly, I think this is going to apply a lot to heavy D. So that's why I brought up DeSantis. Donald Trump was never supposed to happen. There was something about Barack Obama's candidacy. I don't know what it was. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. There was something about Barack Obama's candidacy and then presidency that convinced the left that they would never lose power again. I still remember that legendary Democrat strategist James Carville going on television after Barack Obama got elected and saying Barack Obama, he was going to usher in 40 years of Democrat rule. Well, that's ridiculous. Nothing lasts that long. There's always a pendulum that goes back and forth. But there was something about Obama that convinced them, we did it. We took total power. We have everything. Now it's all ours. We're never going to lose it again. And so going into an election where Hillary was supposed to win and Donald Trump wins and then he promptly wins and does things differently. Now, he made a lot of, he did a lot of screw-ups. I'm not here worshiping the ground he walked on, but he had a lot of screw-ups. He gets elected and does things way differently, and he's talking to people in a way they're not used to being talked to. He's revealing secrets people don't normally reveal. He's blasting away at journalists. He's talking about pulling us out of foreign wars. He's blasting our trade deals. He's hurting the bottom line of pharmaceutical companies. The system reacted to Donald Trump. What you saw was a four-year reaction to Donald Trump as if the body got a virus. That's why it was bogus Russian collusion and impeachment twice and every day a new scandal. The end of the world! Remember when he was going to start World War III with North Korea and everything was the end of the world and he had to go, he had to be removed. That wasn't just standard Democrat hysterics. That was the system trying to purge this virus. Well, okay, they finally got him. He's gone. He's gone. Joe Joe Biden's in there. What does this mean going forward? What it means going forward is the system's going to make dang sure they never have to deal with another virus like that again. They're fortifying themselves. That's why they're banning all these hugely important uh, influencers on the right. James O'Keefe. Remember James O'Keefe? 
the Project Veritas tapes? I certainly hope you haven't forgotten about that. He's out there exposing the absolute sickness of these media companies and all these great undercover videos. Time after time, they just busted CNN so hard. But just expose CNN for being an open propaganda network. Wham! Twitter comes in, drops the hammer on him. James O'Keefe gone. The system is going to make sure that anybody who might pose any kind of a threat to them going forward doesn't get to talk at all. And why? Because they think you're a Nazi and America's communists are no different than communists have always been. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Now, I talk to you a lot about home title theft. Home title theft this and home title theft that. Protect yourself. You don't understand what these guys can do. Well, look, you don't have to just take it from me on home title theft. Listen to somebody doing hard time for doing it. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. 60 to 90 days. That's not for me. That's a guy doing 25 years in federal prison. When I tell you not having home title lock is the equivalent to taking all the money you have and throwing it on your front lawn and praying it's there the next day, that's exactly what I mean. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now and sign up. 
Use the promo code RADIO when you do that. Get, that gets you 30 free days of protection. We'll be back. Never Trump. The hardcore never Trumpers. You know what I'm talking about, especially the politicians. Of course, the pundits, too. They're tiresome enough, but the politicians. And uh, remember, you're allowed to dislike Donald Trump. That, that, that's fine. I, I personally like him. You're allowed to dislike him. You think whatever you think. Don't wave anybody's pom-poms. But if you're one of these politicians or pundits, they're, they're pretty much the same, who just has decided that everything Donald Trump ever did was evil and wrong, and we'd be better off with the Democrats. Yeah, I mean, they've just gone crazy. What they do is, what the Never Trump people do is, they confuse you. They confuse people. People don't understand. We're about to talk about Liz Cheney and some about Mitt Romney and whatnot. And people don't understand. They look at Liz Cheney and they think to themselves, what, why wouldn't she just shut up? Here you are, extremely powerful Republican, out of Wyoming. You're in a safe seat. It's freaking Wyoming. You're not going to lose. And yet, you won't stop yelling about Donald Trump and trashing Donald Trump, virtually guaranteeing the end of your political career. She's probably going to get ousted from leadership soon. And after that, she's probably going to lose in her primary in Wyoming. These things are likely now to happen. You're, you're Liz Cheney. What, why, aren't, why are you still talking? It's okay to hate Trump if you're Liz Cheney. Just go home and shut up about it. Tell your husband. I, I don't know if she's married. Apologies if she's not. But go, go tell someone else about it. Talk to your dog. Don't talk about that out loud. Why guarantee the end of your political career about it? You want to know why? I'm going to tell you why. I want you to picture this. I want you to picture you... You see this beautiful, beautiful club down the road. Let's call it a golf club, tennis club, whatever. Maybe it's just a standard country club. They got a spa and tennis courts and hot tubs. and They got the little fluffy towels and the best food in the world and free drinks and everything else. The best club out there, right? You, you drive by this club every single day and you say to yourself, man, I'd love to be a member. I would love to be in that club. And you work hard and work hard and work hard and work hard. And finally, one day, because it's hard to get in this club, finally, one day, they give you the call. Hey, Bob, congratulations, you made it in the club. And you go down, and now you're in the club. Fluffy robes, good steaks, free drinks, the works. Everything you want. You, you spend all your time at the club. Soon... You're advancing through the club. You're, you're one of the presidents. You're one of the vice presidents. You're, you're out there. You're running things. You, you get to decide who gets in and who doesn't get in the club. What a great feeling that is, right? I mean, you don't have to admit that out loud. I'm fine doing it. But what great power that is. Oh, no, no, he's not for us. No, we can't let her in. All right, I guess we can let him in. That's how it was. That's how it's been. And then one day, you hop in your Mercedes when you get off work. I think I'll go down to the club, get some shrimp scampi and a cocktail, maybe play a round of golf. And you drive up to the club, and your key doesn't work anymore. And you knock on the door, and they have security come up to the door, and you say, hey, uh, it's me, Bob. Why isn't my key working? Bob, you're not, you're not welcome here anymore. You're out. 
What do you mean you're not welcome? I was just, I was just running things like yesterday. I, I was deciding who comes in. You're, you're out. You're out, Bob. Leave. Go get in your car and don't ever come back again. Think about that. That is what it's like for the never Trump pundits and the never Trump politicians you see out there. That's what they're going through. That kind of feeling of complete rejection. That feeling of, I clawed my way to the mountaintop. I was the decider, to use a George Bush reference. I was the decider in the Republican Party. I was not only powerful, I decided who else got powerful. I ran things around here. And then, because of their own failures, the Republican voters flatly rejected them. Rejected them, grabbed them by the back of the neck, tossed them out of the club and chained the door and said, don't ever come back again. It's hard to fall from the mountaintop. It's one thing to be down in the valley. It's another thing entirely when you fall from the top of the mountain to down in the valley. That's hard to accept. That's why you see what you see from people like Mitt, Ch- or Mitt Romney, I almost called him Mitt Cheney, Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney and all the Washington, D.C. pundits. I just don't like it that Trump's really rude. That's not making us a big tent. You'll hear them say that a lot. This is not a big tent party anymore. All you're seeing, the, the, that writer you love, that writer you love, and you used to read about it, you used to read everything he wrote, and he's talking about the Constitution all the time and freedom and the articles of... And, and now he's turned into this petty, bitter snipe who just picks at the right at all times. He's going through that same thing. Understand that. He's going through that same thing. He was invited to all the big conventions. He was the one getting speaking fees. He was the one invited on this fancy Republican cruise. Come on this cruise. Meet writer Bob. He'll tell you about the Constitution. He doesn't get those invitations anymore. He doesn't get those speaking fees anymore. He's feeling pretty stinking rejected from being on the mountaintop. That's all you're seeing. Bitterness. That's all this is, is bitterness. They smell the end, and they're not going to take a couple shots at anyone they can before they get there. Here's a statement from Trump on Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is a warmongering fool who has no business in Republican Party leadership. We want leaders who believe in the Make America Great Again movement and prioritize the values of America first. Elise Stefanik is a far superior choice, and she has my complete and total endorsement for GOP conference chair. Elise is a tough and smart communicator. Well, I'm going to have to go ahead and push back on the president there. Elise Stefanik is the furthest thing in the world from anybody who shares the rights values. She's had a couple great moments on television. Let's not make the same mistake Republicans make over and over again. You know what that mistake is? They fall in love with a moment. They fall in love with a fancy moment on TV, and then they decide, this person, this is the new leader, the one who who will fight for me. Republicans are so hungry for a fighter, they will dig for one anywhere. I remember this as a a quick side note. It's my show. I can tell side notes. Back in Arizona, I used to live in Arizona. That's where I ran for Congress twice and lost twice, not to brag. But I was running back there, and this is when Barack Obama was president. You remember the governor back then, her name was Jan Brewer. And I mean, total rhino. Total rhino. She raised taxes during a recession. Total rhino. She, Barack Obama visits Arizona. Brewer meets him on the runway. It's a famous picture. And Brewer has a finger in his face. 
No one even knows what she was saying, but it looked, it looked like she was standing up to Barack Obama. And all of a sudden, they're talking about, Jan Brewer, run for president. Jan Brewer, you're the best ever. You're the fighter we want. Nobody cared that she was a rhino at that point. That's what we're running into. Let's not make that same mistake again. All right, well, Kevin McCarthy got busted on a hot mic saying what he thought about Liz Cheney. Uh, I think she's got real problems. I, 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 I've had it with I've had it with her. It's, you know, I, I've lost confidence. Well, someone just has to bring a motion, but I assume that will probably take place. Ooh. Well, she knows that. She's not an idiot. Whatever you think about Liz Cheney, she's not an idiot. She knows she's made herself such a pain, and she's not, she's not stopping. She's doubling down. Like I said, this is her running up to that club that has chained her out of it and chucking a few eggs at the door on the way by. That's all this is. Jim Jordan had this to say. Well, it's tough to be the spokesperson for your party, for your conference, when you disagree with where 90% of your party and the conference is. So I do think there's going to be a change. You know, where I was, I was for making a change three months ago. There was a vote, and, and that didn't prevail. Since that time, I've said we should be focusing on the crazy things that the Democrats are doing, all their left-wing agenda and their spending and, and, and so forth. But uh, unfortunately, our conference chair wants to continue to talk about things that aren't, I think, in the best interest of the party, in the best interest of the conference. So I do think there's going to be uh, another vote, and I think the outcome will be different. Oh, I think the outcome will be different. The GOP should have got rid of her last time. Mitt Romney. <laughs> Mitt Romney has a statement. Every person of conscience draws a line beyond which they will not go. Liz Cheney refuses to lie. As one of my Republican Senate colleagues said to me following my impeachment vote, I wouldn't want someone to be a member of a group that punished someone for following their conscience. That's weird because I don't remember Liz Cheney having any problem lying about the Russian bounty story. Nancy Pelosi, though, she has a new good friend, her good friend, Lynn Cheney. I do commend Lynn Cheney for her courage, for her patriotism, and uh, I wish her well. Uh, perhaps this challenge will make her stronger. I don't know. That's up to their caucus. She's the best. Le I'm allowed to love Nancy Pelosi, okay? She's just so awful that I love her. I can't help it. I do want to, you know, Nancy Pelosi's such a vicious politician, which is what I love about her. You know she screwed that name up on purpose. You know she did. She knows who Liz Cheney is. They've worked together for 9,000 years in Congress, and she gets up there. I just want to commend, uh, what's her name? Lynn? I don't know. Good job, Lynn. <laughs> that's, that's nasty. All right. We have a great show for you still, but first. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. Uh, these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. 
and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. You and I have to have a talk. If you have someone in your life who dips tobacco on the regular, what you don't understand, what you can't possibly understand unless you've dipped tobacco for years, is dipping tobacco becomes part of your routine. It's part of your every day. Every day. So what you have to do is not scold them. Don't do that. It does not work. You need to quit. That's bad for you. Do you want to die? These things are not appealing. What they're going to do is they're just going to leave the house and go have a dip in peace without you. Instead, maybe consider buying them some Jake's Mint Chew. Jake's Mint Chew allows them to keep that routine. Oh, please, yeah, put a dip in. Go ahead, please. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. Jake's Mint Chew is tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. They have 11 different flavors of Long Cut, four different flavors of the CBD pouches. Go to jakesmintchew.com and buy something for that person you love today. Buy them a solution, not a lecture, a solution. jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 20% off. We'll be back. Well... Like I've said, these Americans, the, these guys who run the big tech companies, they're not what you think they are. Just a bunch of little nerds in Silicon Valley coming up with new algorithm, algorithms so you can share funny memes. These guys are political activists. That's why Facebook chose to ban the president permanently. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is former White House Chief of Staff and senior partner at the Conservative Partnership Institute, Mark Meadows. Congressman, I... I don't know why anybody's surprised by this. Is there anybody with, with two functioning brain cells that thought Facebook was going to wake up today and think, wow, that was unfair? Well, what they should have done from a political standpoint and from a financial standpoint is let the President uh, Trump back on their platform. But you and I both know that they have a political agenda, and now they're trying to set themselves up to be the political speech police uh, and I use that word loosely because it's derogatory to the law enforcement uh, individuals that we love to support. But I can tell you right now, this is not sitting well with members uh, in Congress. I've had a number of conversations today. Uh, I think you'll see a, a ramped up effort, uh, both in the House and the Senate, to rein these guys in because uh, this is not about free speech. It's about a political narrative that they're trying to set forth. Okay, let's talk about the, the, the business end of this first, because this part, I think, confuses people a lot. They're, they're clearly alienating half the nation. Or, okay, let's say they don't even believe it's half, 40% of the nation. That, that seems insane for anybody who's ever run a lemonade stand. You don't run out half the, half the population. That would hurt your bottom line. Why don't these guys care about their bottom line? 
Well, I think ultimately there will be a lawsuit that will be filed by some of their stockholders because this was was not a decision that was in the fiduciary best interest of their, their shareholders. But it should be. You're exactly right. you got 74 million people that you're essentially saying, we don't care what you say, and we're willing to silence a president of the United States from ever being able to com communicate on our platform. Uh, so today it's President Trump and maybe the left is applauding. So what if it's Bernie Sanders tomorrow? Do you think uh, that they will uh, rise up and applaud that? I, I, I don't think so. And and what we've got to understand is, is this is not only a bad financial decision, but it's a decision that continues to haunt us from a free speech and fairness point of view. That's why you will see a plethora of lawsuits that come out of this ruling today. Do we think these lawsuits are going to be effective? I know I'm asking you to have a crystal ball on something. We don't even, we don't have a trial. We don't have any information yet. But I just, I, when I think about these tech companies, I think about piles and piles of money, which means fancy lawyers that don't cost 20 bucks an hour. Do we think we're going to be able to overcome these things? Well, obviously, they're going to come in well-funded, in fact, so well-funded that every law uh, firm in America will be buying for their, their business. But I do think that what you'll see is, is a couple of areas. On, on the elections, Federal Elections Commission, the FEC side of things, where uh, all of a sudden uh, they're putting their hand on the scale and uh, making in-kind contributions, you potentially could see a lawsuit on Section 5 of the FTC regulations where it's really all about unfair and deceptive practices. Uh, but this is uh, really something that Congress is going to have to grapple with. I think they're underestimating the passion with which some of uh, typically uh, more uh, libertarian, conservative-leaning members of Congress would shy away from this. And now all of a sudden, they're not only staying engaged, but uh, my phone has uh, just been buzzing off the hook uh, today uh, with a number of them saying that we need to to focus uh, wholeheartedly on Google, Facebook, Twitter, and and the big tech guys. You know, listen, there was I, I'm old enough to remember when uh, there was one long distance carrier and they broke that up. Uh, and so, uh, don't ever say never. Yeah, no, well, I'm glad you brought that up about the more libertarian leaning congressman. Not that I have any problem with libertarianism. I just. Uh, my issue has been with Republicans now. It doesn't seem like some of them have been willing to take the fight to the enemy at this point or realizing where we are. We're not going to be able to laissez-faire our way out of this, and I'm as laissez-faire as it gets. It's just that's not the mentality we're going to be able to have going forward. Do you think the party is changing its mentality? Well, it is changing, and, and guys like me, when I was serving in Congress, I can remember when, you know, I said, well, listen, I, I think a limited government is the best government, uh, but when you see that Facebook and Google control over 50% of what America, in, in fact, many believe in the world will see or read, Ooh. that is way too big, way too fast, and, and I can tell you that it's just not something that's sustainable. You know, guys like you, that if you're, you're out there bringing the truth to your viewership, 
and they want to censor it down, uh, you know, it can have a chilling effect on, on not just free speech, but media more broadly. And, and I can tell you that it has changed a lot. So we need to continue to focus on this. I appreciate you bringing it up as a topic. I can tell you I've been in contact with uh, President Trump and those around him. This is not something we're going to take uh, lying down. And, and it's a battle that not only didn't start today and won't finish today, but uh, we, are, we are now in a place where we have to fight uh, with, with all the might that we have. Uh, speaking of, you know, fighting, we have Liz Cheney. This is some from, from Lance Gooden. Quote, I think members are fed up, and in fact, when I made that prediction, I said the end of the month, and I would probably revise that now and say by the end of next week, the temperature is rising on this. People are fed up with the lack of leadership on her part and her unwillingness to put her issues behind her. He's talking about ousting Liz Cheney from leadership. Now, I, I don't necessarily care about Liz Cheney one way or the other because I don't view her as being in any way relevant to this party, which I know is shocking because of her rank. But do, isn't this just the Republican Party party slowly and surely changing what it is? Parties change what they are all the time, and she's the old, and it's time for the new. Well, this is a battle between what I would say the, the uh, establishment Republicans those that were more on the Bush-Cheney side of the, the ledger versus uh, the America First side. And there's a real battle that's going on. There are those that suggest that America First was just a short four-year period uh, that we'll soon forget. I can tell you that if you travel all across America, your viewers would echo that. Uh, this is not only a change that has happened, but it will forever change the Republican Party. And so not only will Liz Cheney be gone, but I can tell you uh, that it's, it's I, I believe it happens next Wednesday when everybody gets back. But you're right, it's more than Liz Cheney, the, the conference chair. It's about a vocal narrative on who's going to control Washington, D.C. Your viewers, and I believe that it should be we the people across the country, not special interests here in Washington, D.C. What's the party look like 10 years from now, Congressman? I, I know that's tough to predict, but I see it taking a much more America first bent. I think that will be popular with the American people, but there are people who don't think it will. What, what say you? Well, I, I do think it'll be popular with the American people. And if you look at the vote just in 2020, uh, the, the, uh, the interesting shift is that the America First agenda actually brought together uh, the middle part of the country, what typically would have been seen as more of a Democrat uh, stronghold. Actually, those voters turned out uh, in volumes to vote for President Trump. And yet it was the very top uh, of the uh, one percenters that were voting for Democrats and the very uh, poorest of poor that voted for Democrats. So it's kind of a U-shaped curve. And what I see is, is that becomes more uh, wide at the base. And ultimately, it'll be hardworking Americans that uh, uh, do most of the wage earning in, in America that will be supporting an America First agenda and electing people like Donald Trump uh, to office over and over again. Congressman, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate you. Great to be with you. Look, we do need to remake our party. We do. Now, that's being done. I, I'm not, that, that is, it's not as if it's, it ha, the work hasn't started. The work has started. We need to continue it. 
How are you going to participate in that? What are you going to do? I get these emails every day, every day. Oh, Jesse, what can I do? What can I do? Join Mammoth Nation. I I've done it. I'm a lifetime member of it. Join Mammoth Nation. When you do that, your money goes to these people running for office who will remake the right. They will turn the party into a party of fighters with some teeth. But it's not just that. You get something out of it. Discounts. Really, really great discounts. Lots of them at, at shopping and travel and telehealth and wireless. More things than I can name for you. Join Mammoth Nation. Join Mammoth Nation. That's what you can do. Before you write me that next email, tell me you've joined Mammoth Nation first. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse. That's mammothnation.com slash jesse. We'll be back. The post office? Wait, the, wait, the post office is spying on us now? I, I just, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around this. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is contributor to Red State and resident polling expert, Scott Hounsel. Scott, why is the post office looking at us? What, what? So apparently they are using uh, social media to, uh, to, I guess, spy or track uh, particular types of threats. The Postal Service, like most other government agencies, contain their own enforcement mechanisms, which are like a, their own police force. And I, I truly believe that the post, the post office, using uh, uh, other government agencies' uh, restrictions and code to enforce their own stuff is ridiculous. In this particular case, the post office using it to uh, track and... Uh, and maintain uh, surveillance over American social media posts. Scott, hold on. Uh, threats? Are we talking about people threatening the post office, which would be kind of weird, or or other threats? Well, what what kind of threats are we talking about? General threats against against uh, anyone else or government in, in general. Uh, so uh, they believe that they have the right to do this based upon the fact that. Uh, they have somewhat some control over the uh, the free exchange of ideas in the United States, in this particular case, the United States mail. Uh, but obviously, because of the fact that that is a tangible and uh, and fun and a tangible resource, that is the mail itself, switching or, or translating that that also over to digital uh, surveillance in this particular case is is obviously not correct. Scott, so, I mean, I'm not trying to be too melodramatic, but I just want to understand this correctly. So uh, we have every big tech company wanting to destroy us. The Federal Bureau of Investigation thinks white supremacy is the biggest problem, and they just got busted spying on an American citizen. The Central Intelligence Agency is putting out recruitment ads for intersectional, and I don't even know what half the daggone words mean. And now the United States Post Office believes... It's a law enforcement arm with the authority to surveil American citizens and actual law enforcement as part of it to back that up? They, all they're doing is surveilling it and then reporting any violations of the law to law enforcement. Uh, <laughs> again, this goes back to the fact that uh, it is illegal to make threats online and it is and it should be maintained by current law enforcement mechanisms or law enforcement arms, whether that's local, state, or federal police. 
in this particular case, they are deciding that they are one of those forces that is allowed to surveil in order to uh, in order to do this. This is no different, if you will, than uh, if we if we sent out censors to wander around public forums or public uh, public protests to find opinions that may be uh, contrary to the law. Scott, is there a Democrat out there? I mean, you're pretty wired in on this stuff. Is there a national Democrat out there who has voiced any concern for this kind of stuff, this surveillance, the FBI, the the post office, the big tech? Is there one? If there is, I don't know it, man. And I do this for a living, but please tell me I'm wrong. Is there one? I know of one. Uh, Tulsa Gabbard is is completely oh. opposed to the national the national uh, surveillance uh, of American citizens. Uh, Tulsa Gabbard has a little bit of a, a liberty minded uh, viewpoint on her shoulders. She's not solely out there, uh, you know, going with universal basic income and a lot of the liberal talking points. She does have some views that would be considered more liberty minded. In this particular case, she is opposed to government using resources to spy on American citizens. Scott Hounsel. Well, at least she's pretty hot. So if she takes over, we have that too. Scott, thank you so much, my man. Thank you, man. Isn't that frightening? I mean, I thought I knew the answer, but with the exception of Tulsi Gabbard, wrap your mind around this, not one national Democrat has raised a concern about this much spying on American citizens. We at least used to be able to rely on them for that, right? Ah, it's too much government overreach. That's demonizing Americans. That's violating civil liberty. They all look at this now. All of them, they look at it and say to themselves, oh, nice. Nice, we should take that further. Frightening times ahead. All right, we got more. Hang on. Before I show you this awesome video of the British Royal Marines testing out some kind of Iron Man flying suit, I just want to tell you, I have had the opportunity to hang with some Royal Marines before. I did some work with them when I was in the Marine Corps. They are some of the best dudes in the world. A little rough around the edges, you might say. But allow me to warn you, don't ever, and I mean ever, go out for a beer with those guys. You might not live. Now. Allow me to show you something that looks absolutely awesome. The British Royal Marines are partnering with this private company and they're coming up with an Iron Man suit. Like this is an Iron Man suit. Sweet. Hey, I know it's not quite Christmas time yet, but if you're thinking about getting me anything, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 